Welcome to Here's the Thing with Robbie and Jose, where we explore relationships through a male and female perspective. With me, as always, is the lovely Robbie. It's good to see you, brother. Hey. Our first time recording in person. Yes, yes. This is a um, momentous occasion. Um, real quick, though, before we start, because I started thinking about this the other day of how, you know, we recorded a few episodes and we didn't really give anybody the backstory of kind of how this started. So I just wanted to say that Jose and I have been really good friends for some years now. And one of the topics we like to talk about a lot is relationships because everybody has their own stories. Right. Mm. And so I don't know how many conversations we've had about it, but he comes to me one day and he says, you know, we should do a podcast about relationships. And I'm like, man, no one wants to listen to that. And he's like, no, for real. You know, everybody, like said, has their own stories, their own experiences, you know, their own do's and don'ts and things like that. And so that's kind of how this started. And uh, I just wanted to say, I appreciate you. Yeah. And um, I'm excited for this endeavor with you. And uh, yeah, I just realized I was like, we haven't really told anybody kind of where this came about. So yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, when it comes to um, relationships, it, I was doing a lot of dating at that time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I think our first serious conversation and uh, I'm going to put you on blast real quick, Absolutely. but uh, you like somebody and you were coming to me kind of for advice. That was like our first was, real serious conversation. <laughs> and uh, that kind of, um, I mean, we were talking before, but it kind of sparked this friendship between us. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. And that didn't work out, as I remember. <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> the but friendship it, did, but that other endeavor yeah. did not go through very well. Yeah. But Ooh, yeah, you were, you know, really vulnerable with me in the beginning and, and, uh, you know, you were having feelings for somebody and, you know, you were in, in the situation, which is understandable. You were kind of lost in what to do. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, that was one of our first serious conversations. So well, part of it was I wanted to get a female's perspective. I mean, that, that, that had a lot to do with it. But yes, absolutely. I, I was trying to understand. I had been out of the dating arena for quite some time. Right. Mm -hmm. So getting back into it, I was married for 15 years. So after 15 years, you kind of lose touch, you know, and you need some like the times have changed. And mm -hmm. and I wasn't even even before I got married. It's not like I dated very much anyways. So I needed some advice. Mm -hmm. sure. And you didn't have a Robbie in your life. At I did that not time. have a Robbie in my <laughs> life at that time. And uh, but it's 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 been interesting because you give me a lot of insight on on the female perspective for sure. Because we just guys just don't think in that in that way. Yeah. So it, it makes it a lot easier to kind of navigate but yeah it is good for people I think to have a you know a close friend of the opposite sex because there's a lot of things still I mean same thing as you I've been dating for years and years but there's still things that I I don't understand the way guys think you know so sometimes yeah. it's good to bounce some things off of of someone else um, that really has no skin in the game so it's rather than me talking to you know whoever I'm dating at the time about my feelings sometimes it does help to get that male perspective. Yeah. Because the other thing, too, is, you know, when you're married or when you're in a relationship, it's you're supposed to talk to your significant other. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong, it's, you should. But sometimes what ends up happening is you get you, you dig your heels in mm -hmm. and you're not in a space to listen. So when you bounce it off of another person and be like, OK, be honest with me, mm -hmm. <laughs> am I really being a dick? And then if they <laughs> and say they be like, yeah, yeah you yeah, are yeah. Like, <laughs> kind oh. of being a bit of a dick, you're like, OK, OK, OK. So it's not just, you know, it's, uh, you know, getting getting another point of view, somebody that's not as close to it 
um, can give you a better. Yeah. For you, it's like, am I being a dick? And for me, it's like, am I overreacting? Because <laughs> come on, women, we overreact sometimes. It's like, is this really not a big deal? <laughs> like, should Most I let times, it go? <laughs> yes, you are overreacting. <laughs> Hey man, it happens. <gasps> pull it back a little bit. Pull it back. Pull it back. Just, I'm like, just all right, brother. <laughs> um, but today, so I'm gonna do a very different kind of format than we've done before. So okay. I had an idea of what I wanted to do today, but I changed it at the last minute because I didn't tell you that I sent you something a couple of weeks back. And so I decided to kind of do a play on that. And so today we're going to discuss gender roles. Okay. Now, what I'm taking from this, there is an article that I found mm -hmm. from a 1950s home economics book okay. about taking care of your husband. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. So there's some key points in here. Ooh. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read them to you. And then I want to get your perspective because, okay, I know it's not 1950. A lot of things have changed and everything in here, to be honest, is just ridiculous. Like when you hear it, but <laughs> I'll I be like the to judge get of that. <laughs> a man's modern perspective since you were married for a long time yeah um kind of like what you feel about it so i'll read you each section and then i have some questions um, so we could talk about that okay so number one is have dinner ready plan ahead even the night before to have a delicious meal on time this is a way of letting him know that you've been thinking about him and are concerned about his needs. Aww. Most men are hungry when they come home, and the prospect of a good meal <laughs> is part of a warm welcome. Yes, it is. Okay. So, um... <laughs> Did she have to be dolled up when she was Oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. That's okay, a whole so other okay. section. All right. Um, so my question for you is, I guess, how do you feel about making dinner as far as like, do you feel, I'm sure I know the answer to this, but do you feel that's more of a woman's thing? Does it depend on, obviously, if the woman doesn't work? Because there's still some people today where the wife stays at home, which is perfectly fine. Right. Um, it's much different from the 50s, of course. But how do you feel about that? Um, sharing that dinner responsibility, especially if you have kids, because then you have to actually make meals. You can't just be like, tonight yeah. we're going to eat uh, peanut butter out of a jar and this popcorn that's left over from the night before. <laughs> like, you have to make a real meal. So how do you feel about that? Um, <clears throat> I think there's a lot of factors into it. I personally do not, um, you know, have never expected anything like that. However, if you do come home and you do have that ready, it there is a... A satisfying feeling, especially mm -hmm. if you've had a, a crappy day at work, right? Mm -hmm. You had a crappy day at work, you come home and you smell your favorite meal cooking. And you know it's your favorite <laughs> meal because you know what it smells like and you're just like, Hot yes. Hot dogs and cheese. Yes, yes. And and so... <laughs> Beanie weenies, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chef Boyardee, straight mm. out the can. Mm, this is delicious. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So... Uh, but I think more than anything, it's it's not the it's not the cooking itself. It's the feeling that you get mm. that a man's home is his sanctuary. Right. And it's like you're supposed to come home and it's supposed to be peaceful. You don't again, you don't necessarily have to have dinner. You can have that discussion. But I would say coming home, um, I like it to be I like to be greeted. 
just because I've had, you know, like it's my home, right? And everybody's, hopefully they love me and are happy to see me. But, you know, because nothing's worse than, you know, you come home and, and nobody cares. Like it's, oh yeah, it's dad. Like, who cares? <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's that guy again. Yeah. He came back. <laughs> We keep feeding him and he comes back. Yeah. So, but, but, and, and I have been fortunate enough that my kids would come out of their rooms um, and greet me. And so, you know, when I was married at the time, she would come out and greet me. And if food was, um, was on the table, then, then, then so be it. You know, it was, it was just an added plus. But, um, me personally, I like to cook. So, if she had already something going on, great. If not, usually we'd, I'd come home and then we'd have a discussion about, you know, what, what would you have? for dinner or, you know, what, what sounds good tonight. Mm -hmm. And what do you feel about, like, let's say that one person out of the relationship, it could be the guy or the girl is a better cook. Like oh. for you, you said you like to cook, right? So I don't know about your past experience, but let's say you like to cook and you're good at it. Do you still think at that point you should share the responsibilities or is it like the better person, better cook takes it over kind well, of thing? So here's the thing. <laughs> Boy, you're just you're just you're just touching on some, some touch, and it doesn't matter now because you know I'm I'm divorced. But uh, my ex-wife uh, was not a very good cook, mm. not a very good cook at all, and so you have to be real gentle when <laughs> <laughs> because again you're coming home. She made a meal, or even if even if you know she starts it right as soon as you walk in, she's cooking. So she's you know she's in the kitchen. She's doing the best. But she was not a good cook at all. Well, and she tried. That's... She tried. That's what I'm saying. She tried and you have to, and you know, like you eat it, but it's just not that very good. That raw chicken that gave you worms. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and part of, and part of her, her problem was she didn't like recipes. So she, she always uh, called an audible, if you will, which that's a football term. So I don't know if anyone, but they, they just change it up at the last minute. She, she just she's kinda, finding random things in the pantry to throw yes, together. She ad libs when she was when she would be cooking. She would just throw a little bit of this and throw a little bit of that. So you never got the same thing twice. But it wasn't anything like weird that she threw in, right? She wasn't making like casserole and then she threw in like some jelly or something <laughs> weird, right? <laughs> no, it wasn't weird. It was just it was just inconsistent. So okay. if, if she had like let's say lemon pepper chicken, mm -hmm. it never tasted the same, and or spaghetti mm -hmm. never tasted the same. Not there was no two times that it tasted. How what's the exact a spaghetti same. recipe? You cook the noodles and you put sauce on top. Like what was? You would think, right? <laughs> you would think. You would think. Okay. Yes, this is what I had to do because there were times when she would um, like accidentally make just a fabulous meal, and it was fantastic. And I would eat it, and I'm like, oh, I just you know I couldn't get enough of it. It was so delicious, and I was just like, you know. And then, you know, I would tell her, I would make it a point to compliment her when she did cook well. And I was like, this is fantastic. Like this right here, do this again. Cause like, I really, really like it, mm -hmm. which maybe it was spaghetti. And then the next time she cooked it, it was totally different. Mm -hmm. She didn't stick the to the rest. The noodles were still crunchy. You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't know if she changed pasta sauces or if she added extra ingredients. I don't mm -hmm. know, but it just didn't taste the same. So do you think that nowadays, I know back then people weren't going out to eat as much, but nowadays the typical guy, does he like to eat in more or go out more to eat? I think most men would like to stay home, right? Because mm -hmm. you, you think of, in addition to the making dinner, you also get to share a meal with the kids and your wife. You get caught up with everything. Mm -hmm. And I also want to preface it by saying uh, at the time, she was not working. So 
it's again, it's not that I, I expect it or anything. They have the household, the kids and so forth. I think that makes a difference. So let's say both people are working and she comes home and then starts dinner. That's an added plus. Like mm-hmm. you have to you have to feel grateful at that point that your wife is maintaining a full time job, come home and still finds the time to start dinner. And by the time you walk in, like it's already waiting for you and you can sit down and have a meal. Mm-hmm. Like I would say that that would be just, you know, if you really took pause. Right. Because, mm-hmm. again, you both have jobs. It's just it would just be an added plus. But but here's the thing, at the very beginning of that, and I think this is where we're getting lost because we're we're in the the whole mode of of the meal, and the meal is beside the point. I think people might concentrate on the meal too much, but that's not, when you read it, if if I heard it correctly, it said... It lets him know that you care about him mm. and his day and what's been going on. Mm. And the reason why that's important, right? Because I'm not saying like, you know, women have bad days and everybody has bad days. But in general, and at least back then, nobody, I guess even now to this day, nobody cares when a guy has a problem. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that's a deeper issue because I'm telling you, you don't go around asking males what their biggest gripe is or what they're struggling with. Nobody as a society, nobody cares if something's wrong with the man. Mm, things have changed compared to this article then. A lot of things. Because this article, I mean, we'll, we'll get into some more of these, but they, it's uh, they're acting like every man is a king and... Uh, <laughs> I wasn't alive in the 1950s, but um, this would have been a, a hard okay, pill to so swallow. You have, a, so. you have another one. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I, I got lots of them. I think there's like, there's like nine of them. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Number two, prepare yourself. Take 15 minutes to rest so you'll be refreshed when he arrives. Mm. Touch up your makeup, put a ribbon in your hair, and be fresh looking. He's just been through a lot of work-weary people. Be a little gay and a little more interesting. His boring day may need a lift. Mm. So... I know you said that you like to be greeted, but I guess when you come home, the majority of men like... What is it that you're wanting when you come home? Besides just the greeting part, is there something that guys maybe kind of expect? Or, I mean, obviously no one wants to come home to like, you know, mayhem or whatever. But what's like the number one thing? Is it just the greeting? For me, it's just the greeting. Mm -hmm. If if I walk in the door and everybody stops what they're doing and walks over to the door. Daddy's home. Yes, daddy's home. And that's. And that's exactly what she used to yell, like, daddy's home. And then they would come out of the room because sometimes they'd be have, you know, their headphones on because they'd be playing video games or whatnot. And they would come out and they would greet me and then they would go back to their day. She would greet me and then she would go back to doing whatever she, she was doing. That makes me think of that movie Bridesmaids where the, the mom was like, he, I'm sure she probably greets him beaver first. So how do you feel about, okay, so it's basically saying. before too, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> So let me just say that is a wonderful greeting. <laughs> Hopefully the kids aren't home at that period of time. But how do you feel about like, you know, basically it's saying you need to look cute. So it's like, does a modern man care? Like, I mean, I think for most men, what I've been told is they kind of like it when you're dressed down a little, like you're more comfortable. Maybe you have your hair in a little ponytail, you know, whatever. Mm. My, my experience, guys like that more. So when you come home from work Do you expect her to be a little bit more spoofed up than before you came home? Or does that matter to the modern man? Well, yes and no. Right. So 
and, and again, you're, you're the male perspective, you know, and it's no secret that men are more visual than, than, mm-hmm. than women, right? Women look, they tend to de- look deeper and, and, you know, they, they take other factors into consideration. So men are just more visual. We see things and we see a shiny car and we're like, ooh. <laughs> It's like a, like a dog, right? When they see a squirrel, they get, ooh, squirrel. So they, it, it, it doesn't, we get distracted very fast with shiny things and, and pretty things. So I think it has little or less to do with that exactly. But, but the thing is, okay, so you walk in the door and I, I, I love the natural look as well. Mm-hmm. But let's say you walk into a situation and um, it is chaotic and, and you can understand that, right? So mm-hmm. you have little kids, they're running around, you got diapers, you're hearing like jingles because the TV's on, Barney, whatever. And then she walks in the, and then you walk in the door and it's chaotic and, you know, she's still wearing the sweatpants that when you left in the morning, <laughs> the ones that she slept in, she still has that. And I totally understand that. I totally understand that. But again, you know, it's like, okay, I'm coming home to this. It just feels like it's been, it was chaotic at work. Now I'm home and it's chaotic here too. So mm. it's just like, okay, you just have to deal with it. Don't get me wrong. It's not like, well, hey, she's got problems. She's been doing things. I get it. I get it. I get it. Uh, but again, you know, you, you're coming home and it's chaotic. You just came from a place where it's chaotic. You're coming home. You usually want a little more, you know, um, serenity, mm-hmm. if you will. And now you're coming into a, just everything's just going everywhere. Yeah, so I, can you have under- to help out. I can understand If, you know, because there are stay-at-home dads too. Mm -hmm. So if I was a working woman and I was married to a guy that stayed at home, I, as superficial as it sounds, I can understand of like coming home and they're wearing the same thing that they slept in. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I can understand that. I mean, for women, I don't think we would expect them to be, you know, all fancy, answer the door in a tuxedo or anything like that. But, you know. I get it. I think it's just more of like, you know, women, we talked about this before, you know, the pressures and having to be presentable and things like that. And it's like, but in modern, modern times, I don't think that any guy expects his wife to wear makeup around the house. No, right? no. Mm-hmm. I, I would say that in my experience, it's usually the women that have more of a get up when it comes to that than, than men. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's, um, it's nice, right? If they're all done up. I think when it comes to the makeup, the, the, the reason why men say that they want the natural look, they, they do, but they really don't. What they're really they saying. They mean light makeup. <laughs> yes, that's exactly, that's exactly <laughs> what they mean. <laughs> that's exactly what they mean. Because I was actually talking to a friend of mine uh, just the other day, and he was talking about that he, if, if let's say she stays a night, you know, and, and you know, they, they're intimate. And then the next morning, they don't look the same as they did the previous night, which is to be expected. But in this scenario, he was saying he woke up and somehow one of her eyebrows were gone. <laughs> it fell off or? No, the makeup. The, oh, the, she oh. had put the line in. <laughs> oh, no. Was she what, one of those girls that shave it and then draw? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so he woke up and she only had one eyebrow. And he's like, you had two eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> when we went to bed, <laughs> no. What happened? I wonder about that. For those women, do they have to carry around an eyebrow pencil? I have no idea. Okay, let me. I'll, I'll confess. I have to draw my eyebrows too because my eyebrows are very thin. But I don't shave them. I'm just filling them in a little bit. So I have to be careful to not wipe my eye because yeah, once you wipe off the brow. Ooh, 
<laughs> that's it. So you wake up in the morning and she had two eyebrows. Now she only has one. That's that's going to throw a dude off a little bit. Like, wait, what happened? Did he actually say, where's your eyebrow? Yes. Oh, my God. And what did she say? <laughs> she said, well, I shave them and I just pencil them in. He's like, well, go, go pencil it in. <laughs> Okay, so let's say you're living with a woman who shaved off her eyebrows. Do you expect her to pencil them in every day? No, but... I would say so. I, I think if you shave them off, the rule is you're going to have to pencil them in every day because no eyebrows is yes, weird. Yes, yes. You have to pencil them, but that's the whole thing is that that's where the light makeup goes. So it's a bit deceiving. And, and men do it too, right? So on the other side, let's just say a guy was bald and was wearing a toupee. And you didn't notice it. You didn't. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> do people still wear those? I don't know. I'm I assuming. Mean, <laughs> young people probably don't even know the word toupee. They're like, what is that? It's a hairpiece. It's for, a hairpiece. Yes. For, <laughs> men used to wear this. Now we're embracing the baldness. But before men were embarrassed about it and had to wear yes. little squirrels on top of we their head. Are vain creatures as well. And when your hair starts to fall out and you start going bald, you want that hair again, or at least the look of hair, so they would get the. It's basically a wig. Well, it's better than that spray can hair. That Remember is, that? Yes, yes. We, <laughs> commercials. Because it'll spray, drip. It'll <laughs> spray your hair on. Young people are but, like, what? Spray yes. on hair? Hair yes, in a can? Absolutely. We we were we were slightly different. Now kids nowadays kids are getting tattoos on their faces, so God only knows what that's going to look like in 20, 30 years from now. But yeah. So the point being is what what men are saying is that. We just don't want a drastic change. If you put on so much makeup and you put on so, there was just so much to it that you're unrecognizable mm -hmm. without it, mm -hmm. that's what men are saying there. So they just want to have light makeup on and then it just enhances the natural beauty that you already have. Yeah. You know, I see those articles. I saw one just the other day and it was like um, celebrities with no makeup. Mm -hmm. And one of, I don't even remember who it was, but it was somebody who was like, oh, she posted this photo with makeup. But as a woman, I can clearly see she's wearing makeup. It's just very light. And I'm like, you lying. You know you have makeup on. Girl, come on now. So, okay. In and the they have filters now on cameras. So yeah. you don't even have to put on makeup. You can take a picture of natural and then just mm -hmm. clean it up. That, that's, that's lazier for me. That's they had someone on. Click. Yeah, they had someone on there too that had like freckles they were covering up. I think it was Christina Aguilera. Mm. She had a bunch of freckles that she was been, she wears so much makeup and mm. they were talking about how people are now going to get cosmetically. I, I don't know how they do it, but they're putting freckles on people like fake ones. Yeah, Cause freckles are cute. As a person with freckles, I have to say I disagree. Uh, I hate mine. But the fact that people are doing that surgically is bananas. To add freckles, yeah. That's so, insane. But it's always like that, right? Brunettes want to be blondes. Blondes want to be brunettes and so forth and so on. Yeah, but I mean, I got made fun tall. of a lot for having freckles when I was younger. So the fact that it's a thing now is crazy. Yeah, but, you know, like... A, they're kids, so who knows why they were making fun of you. They, they might have been jealous. We just didn't understand mm, it at the time. I don't think so. <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, you know, so remember when you were a kid and, you know, you liked a boy and you would go and hit him and he thought, oh, she hates me. <laughs> and they're like, no, she likes you because she's going up there like she'll hit you in the arm. I don't remember and, hitting boys. Well, sometimes that was, that was a thing. You would go and you would hit a boy and that's how you let him know that you liked him because women don't. Well, little girls. As so I can as, do that in my 30s, too? Yeah, we'll just go punch and a guy and be guy, like, yeah. I like you. 
<laughs> I mean, you're going to catch a case, but yeah, you never know. It might be yeah. Like... And a lawsuit probably <laughs> depending on the dude, but yeah. Okay. And yeah. So, so guys, you're saying guys expect a, a little bit of effort. It doesn't have to be extreme, but do you think that within that, that you guys should also do the same? Like basically yes. don't wear underwear with holes in them. Yes. Don't wear, you know, sweats, whatever. Like, I okay. uh, 110% agree with that. I think a man should always be presentable because you never know when you need to be presentable or, or, or you know, if you need to go to a function, somebody comes over, whatever, you should always be ready to present yourself. And yeah, unless you already planned out the day and you're not going anywhere, then maybe you can have one of those, you know, one or two days where you're just comfortable and you're just hanging around in your muscle shirt, tank top, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, and just not do anything. But under normal circumstances, yes, you get up, you take a shower, mm-hmm. you put on some regular pants, you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you put on a nice shirt, you know, you put on shoes and yeah, preferably, you know, again, you can do a t-shirt. There's nothing wrong with that if you're going to work outside or, but yeah, mm-hmm. put on a collar. You always want to be presentable. I've always, I, I believe firmly in that, that you should be presentable because my kids do it. They wake up in the clothes that they slept in and then it's four o'clock in the afternoon and they're still in the same clothes mm. and it bothers me. And I'm like, put on some regular clothes because what's, what's, what's the game plan there? You just go right back to bed. And well, it's hard to like, say for kids. I mean, who cares what they're wearing? I get what you're saying, but yeah, they just need to get in the mode because imagine they're going to be adults one day yeah. and their girls are going to be like, teach them. yeah, it's going to be like, dude, the whole weekend you spent in your pajamas. Yeah. I know people where they've said like they're, you know, their significant others like won't shower all weekends. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. I, I like the fact that you're saying that basically both parties should do the same. All right, let's move on to number three. This one is clear away the clutter. Make one last trip through the main part of the house just before your husband arrives, mm. gathering up school books, toys, paper, etc. Then run a dust cloth over all the tables. Your husband will feel that he's reached a haven of rest and order, and it'll give you a lift too. Mm. So what I want to say about that is my ideal relationship as far as cleaning goes is that um like every sunday you pick a day right so like every sunday let's say that your order is you go to the grocery store together you buy the food for the week mm-hmm. you do all the chores together mm. um and let's say that in a typical household let's say you both go to work so it's not a situation where one person's at home because right. i mean if you're at home the odds are is like that's your job you you know cook and clean, that kind of thing, yeah. take care of stuff. It's an arrangement. Right. Sure. But I mean, that's how I like to do it. What is your typical, what do you like or what have you been accustomed to when you were married? What was the scenario or what do you think that the modern man would feel to, about that? To For it to be tidy when you come home again, it, it's a, it's the feeling that it invokes, right? It's the feeling of, okay, and again, I'm painting the scenario in a, in a situation where the woman uh, or the, the wife or whatever, the female is not working at the time. And again, if the roles were reversed, it would be the exact same, just FYI. So if a man was at home and the wife was out earning the living and, you know, supporting everything, mm-hmm. the, I think the man should also, or whomever is at home, mm-hmm. should as much as possible maintain the house, right? Including the cleaning, including the getting it tidy and whatnot. Because again, it's like, it's an arrangement. What that tells uh, the person that's working is that we're in this together. Because if I have to put in a, a hard day's work, let's say 10 hour work day, 
I come home and don't get me wrong, I know there's kids and I know mm-hmm. there's a bunch of stuff going on in the house, but then you come home and then it's like, oh, I have to go to my second job now. Mm-hmm. Now I have to do that as well. And it's like, at some point you need a little downtime. And I know that the the counter argument to that is like, well, the person that that's at home also needs it. And I was like, I agree. Mm-hmm. But the feeling that it invokes whenever you walk into the door and things are, you know, semi-organized, you know, based on the circumstances, mm-hmm. it's like, it feels like, okay, we're in this 50-50. Like it's, that's one less thing that I need to worry about. But if you're at work and you're putting in 10 hours and you're like, okay, I'm about to clock out, go home. And then I got to do a bunch of cleaning too. <laughs> like, like you almost don't want to go home because you're like, oh, I know I'm going to have to go home and pick up this and pick up that mm-hmm. and do laundry and do dishes and do that. And who wants to do that? You're tired. You just had a long day of putting up with a whole bunch of different things. And mm-hmm. now you're going home and it's just a different type of, of worry now, a different type of job now. So that's what, you- what it's saying. It, it has nothing, in my in my opinion really has little or nothing to do with gender roles exactly. It's just more of, okay, you're coming home, you feel like you're you're in a relationship that you're 50-50. Mm-hmm. Right? Even if it's a male-male or female-female situation, it's like you're in it 50-50 because you feel like you're fulfilling your obligation by you know bringing the bacon home, if you will, and they're filling their end of the bargain by maintaining the house and taking care of those things. But I feel like in today's time, even with both people going to work, the majority of men still probably feel like it's the woman's responsibility to clean the house. Yeah, that's so, where they're wrong. Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, I like the way that you're thinking, but I'm just saying even now, a lot of this mentality from the 50s is still today. Mm-hmm. And so in that situation, if you're both working, you know, 40 hours a week or plus whatever, right? Do you Did you have a day where you guys both clean together? Was it like, okay, here's these are your chores, these are my chores, and you kind of do them, you know, like, what's the best way, I guess? okay, so the same thing that you're going through, that you're at work and you're having to deal with a bunch of stuff, guess what? Your wife is too. So everything that you're going through, you need to understand she's going through it as well. So you need to chip in. It is a partnership, and Mm -hmm. it's a different kind of partnership in that situation because it's like you're both making money. You're both having to come home and clean up. You're both having to do those things. But to expect her... To take care of it once you get home, it's it's not going to work because circumstances dictate that you both have to go to work. I mean, unfortunately, like I said, a lot of men today don't think like what you're saying. I mean, they're still like, yeah, you know, I want to have home cooked meals and things like that. And my response to that is like, okay, are you going to be sharing that responsibility? Because I work a long day too. And let's say that I wake up right now, like I wake up at 4 a.m. to go to work. I work all day. Let's say I have kids. I have to go pick them up and things like that. And it's like, you're going to have the audacity to say that I need to have this dinner ready. And it's like, you think you're just going to come home. I mean, but that's the reality that we live in is that guys still think like that. And it's really unfair. So it's like, okay, we have to be a knockout and clean and cook and take care of the kids and please you in every way possible (laughs) that you expect. But so here's the thing too, like, if by that you mean make me a sandwich from time to time, <laughs> sure. But the problem is, is like, okay, I, I can understand that my, if I ever get married, my husband's probably going to make more money than me. Unfortunately, that's, I mean, it may make some people mad, but we still kind of live in that world, right? Yeah. So let's say he makes more money. I personally don't want to be a stay-at-home mom. That's my opinion. I'll still work. Even doesn't matter if he's making enough money to support us. That doesn't matter. Right. But if I'm still working, just because you're making more doesn't mean that my job is nothing. No, so 
I think that that would be like a thing where it's like, okay, if you eat at home Monday through Thursday, let's share in that responsibility or cook together as a family, you know, make it fair. So so there's two scenarios that you just pointed out. So the first thing that I would say for guys that still expect that to this day and age, Mm -hmm. again, where they're getting that from is the traditional... Um, Their let's moms. say, you know, what, whatever the family unit used to look like. Mm-hmm. So back in the day. Apparently like this article. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very much like that article. <laughs> so when that article was written, it was probably a situation where inflation hadn't hit. One person income would work, right? Because one person could work. They can make enough to support the entire family. So for any man that feels that this is what I expect when I come home, then you better make that significant amount of money where you can support both. You should, you should be able to make enough where she doesn't have to work. Now, in the situation that you're talking about, she says, okay, I want to work. Mm-hmm. That's a different thing because then you don't need to. This is, this is something that you want to do as a passion, which means you're going to have supplemental income, which means that you can hire people to do this. You can, you can, you can afford a nanny or you can afford daycare. That's option three of having a nanny and a cook. Yes. Yes. Because but you don't already... hire a hot nanny. This got to be an old I lady. I disagree. Hire uh, a I'm hot, sure you would. Most men. Nanny. No, dude. It's going to spice things up. Trust me. He's Jude Law over here. It's going to spice things up. It's going to make things interesting. Hire the the hottest Don't nanny listen to him. No one, can no have. one's going to listen Get to that. Get her in there. Yes. <laughs> but, but my point being is that's a different type of arrangement. So now I'm going to really play devil's advocate. We have to go even further, right? So that arrangement, when you started it, right, saying, okay, this is what happens when you're already married. So a woman would choose a man at that point for what he could bring to, like, what the security that he could bring, whether he could provide or not. Right. This is was this was things that a woman was taking into consideration. Mm-hmm. So it's not, oh, is he a nice guy, right? Nobody cares if he was a nice guy. What's important at that point is whether or not he is a good provider. Mm-hmm. So you have to you have to take that into consideration. It's not like she was going with, you know, any. Tom, Dick, and Harry. She was looking for somebody that was on the ball. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, you're looking for somebody that can provide that security because the circumstances were the way they were. Women, even now, what you were talking about earlier, it's the inequality that they have in the in the pay scale between mm-hmm. women and men, and I totally agree with that. But again, back then, they're going to marry somebody that's on the ball, right? So if he's not working, if he's still living at home, she's not going to marry him, and obviously. He would need to have a house to come home to. Mm. <laughs> if he's not making enough to have a house to come home to, then, you know what I mean? Like, he can't expect that because it's not even a home. So the point being is that back then, that arrangement was more common. Mm-hmm. Now, the modern day, you see that, you know, women want to be more independent. They want their own money. Yeah, but they it's- also still want a guy with lots of money. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately... I'm not saying I'm one of those women, but that's the truth. <laughs> Hold up, Robbie. It's true. You know it's true. Any young people that are dating right now will tell you women are savages sometimes. <laughs> okay, so I think I so the what women are looking for is it is not necessarily the money exactly, although it, the money will come, mm-hmm. I believe, but they're looking for a high value 
man, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So they're, that's what they're looking for. It just so happens that a high-value man will typically make enough income for the both of you, right? Mm-hmm. Because he's high-value. He's intelligent. He's outgoing. He's a go-getter. That's what they're like. It just so happens that the byproduct of that mm-hmm. is he'll probably have a lot of money or generate a lot of income. Mm-hmm. But that's what you're really looking for. The income is just the, again, it's like you want somebody that's fit. Mm-hmm. And the way you can tell if somebody's fit is because you see that their muscles and their physique. And it's like, okay, that indicates to me that they're fit. Mm-hmm. You would say like, oh, I want somebody that's got a six pack or whatever. That's not really what you're saying. What you're saying is you want somebody that's healthy, that's going to stick around right. and so forth and so on. So. Right, right. Okay. So, but I get it. I get it. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's different because even in that situation, it's harder on the on the modern woman because she has to find somebody that's either her equal mm-hmm. or slightly above. Mm-hmm. Now, she can find somebody that's depending on, and I'm talking about, like, let's say, income that's below her, right? Mm-hmm. So she's a very successful person and he might not be. Mm-hmm. That does cause a challenge because mm-hmm. that's not something that we're accustomed to. We've been accustomed to the other way around yeah. where the, the man usually generates the income. Good or bad, I don't know, but that's what we're used to. Yeah, me personally, I really don't care about money so much in a sense where of like, you know, for me, if you treat me well, as long as we're not living paycheck to paycheck, I really don't care. Yeah. And I've been with guys before where it's like, yeah, I got to make this money and I got to whatever. And it's like... I would rather you be at home more than have extra money. That's my opinion. Mm. I, I know that a lot of women don't feel mm. that way, but I time is more important to me than money. Mm. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just don't want to live paycheck to paycheck. I don't want to be like, oh, we can't buy groceries, you know, whatever. But I don't really care so much about, you know, the money part. But yeah. Um, moving on. Okay. So, um, all right. Cause we had a lot to get through. Yes, yes. Um, so number four is prepare the children. Take a few minutes to wash the children's hands and face. If they're small, comb their hair and if necessary, change their clothes. Mm. They are little treasures and he would like to see them playing the part. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned it earlier of like your boys, right? So it's like, you're you're a single dad. You got these two boys. So obviously, this part you're you're taking that role. But it sounds like it's important to you, right? Of like change your clothes. You know, even if you're just at home, right? Like yeah. you don't want them in the same clothes all day. Mm. Do you think that again, this is a shared responsibility to make the children presentable? Especially when you go out, is it something that you take turns on of getting, like when your boys were younger, right? It's like you take turns on getting them ready. If you're going somewhere, Mm -hmm. is it mainly the woman? How do you feel about that? So again, we have to propel ourselves back to that day and age, right? So in that day and age, the arrangement was also in addition to like the traditional family unit, the man goes out, he makes a living, makes enough for both of them to live comfortable, for the entire family to live comfortably. The wife stayed at home, took care of the house, and raised the kids, essentially. Mm-hmm. The father would come home, and on the weekend is really his only availability. But you have to put it in terms of he is probably tired now. He usually would want to go out and do something. Let's say he had a son or a daughter. He would try to play with them, but back then they really didn't because they were really not equipped. Mm-hmm. What they knew how to do was make a living. Mm-hmm. And, you know, try to be a good husband. Some men did try to be good fathers, but it took a lot of bandwidth. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't always be available. Now, it was hard because back then, 
when those kids got older, they held their, their parents to feet to the fire and said, okay, you weren't there for me. I needed you. I needed a father. Like you were always working. You were always working. You were always working. And it's like when they're teenagers, they say that. And it's not until they become men that mm-hmm. it's like, okay, buddy, you think you, you got it figured out. You think you can do better than I did. Go for it. Mm. And then they realize, oh, this is hard. <laughs> I'm not saying that. For, I'm just looking at it from a, from a husband's perspective, from a wife. I'm sure they, there's a point of view there. But from, let's say that child grows up and he's like, let's say it's another boy. And he's like, you should have been around and you should have been. A, it's like, okay, then they become men. And then it's like, okay, now you have to earn a living, which means if you're trying to live that traditional life, you have to make enough for the both of you, which means that that job is probably going to be demanding. They're going to want you a lot. You're going to be putting in 12, 11, 12 hours a day. And then on the weekend, you might even have to put in more work. Into you're trying to put a roof over everybody's heads. You're trying to make sure that they're taken care of, that they have food on the table, clothes on their back. And now your kids are asking you, hey, dad, I want to go out and do stuff with you. Now you're like, ah, now I understand what my dad mm-hmm. was going through. I never understood what my dad was going through because he made it look so easy and he never complained. Mm-hmm. That's part of the problem. He just didn't. He might have a drink and mm-hmm. then you sit down and give me a drink of bourbon and they come home and immediately go to the bottle and that's how they dealt with it. They didn't talk with their, they might have talked to their spouses about it, but in general, their spouses, let's say they were at home, wouldn't understand what's going on in the office. Do Not you, that they weren't competent, but, you know, unless you're in an office, in an office environment, you wouldn't understand the, the day-to-day that go do on. Do you think that whatever the sex of the child is kind of automatically determines who's going to or who should take a more precedent role? Like if you have a son, is it going to be an unspoken thing where it's going to be more on you to kind of teach him to be a man and vice versa with the with a a young girl. Yeah, I think I think with both kids, and I, I only have boys, but I would imagine with any child, mm-hmm. their template of how a man should act and how a woman should act is your mother and father. Right. If you're if you're fortunate enough to live in a household where you have both, even mm-hmm. if you don't, even if they're you know the divorce and they, you, you're going back and forth or whatever, you're still going to look to your dad, whether you're a little girl or a little boy, mm-hmm. you're going to look to your dad to see how men are supposed to act. Right. And you're going to look at it, at your at your mom and say, these are how women should act. So that's why if a woman, for all you ladies out there that love to baby your little boys, mm-hmm. <laughs> your little sweethearts, your little angels, they could never do any wrong. Just understand that they're going to get with a woman that's going to expect that same thing. So if, mm-hmm. if their dad was also spoiled and also wanted to be treated like a king, as you like to say, and then you created a, your own little monster, don't. Don't be surprised yeah. if he turns out to be exactly the way his dad was, because it's like that's how you're you're showing him. You're showing him this is how a woman should be with a man. Right. When you when you, let's say, spoil a child or, or whatever. And I'm not saying it's it's good or bad. I don't know the psychological effects of it. You know, who knows as after they grow up, there's mm-hmm. a lot of other factors. But I will say, no matter what, your first um, introduction of how men and women should act is always going to be your mother and father. So let's say you grew up without a father. The first thing that might come into your head is, oh, fathers are just absent. Mm -hmm. They're just not there. And so it's no surprise that when those kids grow up, they end up leaving their kids too because, or they could, uh, they could overcorrect and be like, no, I'm never going to be, I'm never going to leave my kid alone because I know what that hurt feels like. And so they, they do that again with the woman. If let's say the mom is, spoils him. 
they're going to look for a woman that spoils them too. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in some relationship with some spoiled dudes where they don't even know how to cook or clean or anything. And it's yes, for any mommy, women now that you are get to do listening, that for me. stop raising these little monsters. Like, but I mean, you know, it's the same thing with like watching your parents. Like you look at them as like, this is what a relationship should be and things like that. Now, when I was younger, I wouldn't say that I was necessarily close to my mother or father more, but as an adult, I'm extremely close to my mom and she is my role model. And I do look to her. She's a very classy woman, extremely educated and very kind. And I look to her for how should I be? How can I better myself to be like her? And I was fortunate enough to have wonderful parents, but for the people who don't, yeah, it's hard. I mean, whether the mother or the father is absent or, you know, maybe they're really messed up and things like that. I mean, it's hard, but. Listen, kids are super ultra observant. Mm. They pick up on anything, which is why, let's say you're uh, the mom or the dad, you will look at your kid and you'll be like, you're just like your mom <laughs> or the, or the, or the mom would be like, you're just like your dad. Mm-hmm. So, and the reason for that is, is because of that. Mm-hmm. It's because they, they're projecting what they're seeing, right? right? How, so a dad gets home and immediately gets mad and that's how he handles problems mm-hmm. by getting frustrating and yelling and cursing. Mm-hmm. Don't be surprised that if your kid gets older, right. he does the exact same thing. Right. If he's calm, cool and collective. Mm-hmm. The son will pick up on that and be like, okay, dad seems to figure things out. He's cool. He's calm, collective. He figured out he's just a cool cat. Maybe that's something I need to right. be too. Or it could be the opposite because I know plenty of people that have had terrible parents that they look at that and they're like, I don't want to be anything like yeah, them. And it can have the reverse effect. Absolutely. Yeah. So props to those people who can like come out of, you know, that and be like, you know what? I want to be a better person. But, cycle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Moving on to number five. This one is minimize all noise. At the time of his arrival, eliminate all noise of the washer, dryer, dishwasher, or vacuum. Try to encourage the children to be quiet, be happy to see him, and greet him with a warm smile and be glad to see him. So, again, this is what you were talking about. You said the greeting part is is the most important. Mm. And I can speak for women, too. Like, nobody wants to come home to a noisy house. I love, this is the part that I love, living alone. There's no noise that I don't want. And it is awesome. I don't know what it's like to come home and have kids running around and screaming. I mean, I've seen my siblings, t- yeah. I've seen them do it. And it's hard yeah. to even listen to or see. It's like, I can imagine that would put a lot of stress on the man and the woman yeah. to, to kind of have that. So, Absolutely. I mean, how do you feel about, I, I mean, I don't know when your kids were young, were, was it kind of like that thing where they were you know, kind of all over the place? Did you discipline them in a way or you or your ex-wife, you know, to kind of teach them? Because, I mean, I've met your boys now and they're amazing, phenomenal kids. Yeah. You got super lucky or <laughs> you guys did a really good job. Did get, we did get lucky for sure. For sure. Um, you know, where I grew up, the men that I observed, because I didn't have a father, but it was all my best friends. They all had dads and I would observe them. They, there was a mixed bag. There were some that got used to it. So they got home and you can make all the noise in the world and they just got used to it. Mm. They, they were almost numb. Like mm. there was, it was almost like they had headphones on where they had the noise cancellation on. Like nothing affected them. They would just move through. Mm. Everything was noisy, rambunctious. People were talking. It was just, if you have a big family, mm-hmm. you can't 
want to be or have or, or want solitude all the time. You right. just can't because a big family in and of itself, there's always things happening. Your I think if you are, have more than one kid, it's like you need to expect yes, a lot of that. A lot of noise. Yeah. So those men typically get used to it and mm. they get numb to it mm. to the point where they don't even hear it. Somehow they drown out. The <laughs> and I've seen it because I've, I remember going over to my sister's house before we had kids and she already had like two or three of them. Mm. And, and my other sister had like two or three of them as well. And I would go there and it was just chaotic. And I was just yeah. like, what is happening here? Like, stop, like go outside or do something. And mm. I remember observing the men and they weren't saying anything. Mm. It, they were just going about their business like nothing. So it's like maybe do you think women in regards to that are, are were more unable to kind of shut that part off? Because you're right. I have seen that. It's more of the woman. I'll talk to my brother. My brother has a lot of children and I'll talk to him on the phone and there's so much going on in the background. And he may kind of like put that down, you know, but he still sounds pretty calm considering yeah. how crazy it is over there every day. And I'm like, how do yeah. you do it? I, I don't know how his wife handles that, but I feel like it is probably more of the women. Cause even like at my job, when there's a lot of people talking around me, mm -hmm. it's really hard for me to just be like, like just yeah. shut that off. Cause I'm like, can you be quiet? Like I'm trying to work. I don't want to listen to you talk about what you had in your bean burrito or whatever. Like, I don't care. But it's important what I had in my bean burrito. <laughs> I had like pork and mm, I'm getting hungry. onions, Sour cream rice and cheese. Yes, this is important. Well, maybe if they're talking about food, I guess, yeah. but you know, it's just, I don't know if I'd be able to, if I had kids shut that part off. You, you can, but at the same time, so I would say this much, if you're, again, if we're looking at it from a traditional mm -hmm. roles, he's usually, if he's at work, it's not as noisy unless he works like in a factory. But mm -hmm. even then, when he comes home, he's probably looking to, to decompress a little bit. So right. men need that. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure women do too, but mm -hmm. men need to decompress. That's what the drive home is for. It, and maybe so. <laughs> you, work, you, you live far from your job. You have that whole hour or whatever in traffic to decompress. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'll, I'll say this much for myself anyways. When I'm at work, a lot of times I like to eat lunch alone, mm -hmm. not because I'm antisocial, but I just need a moment to, yeah. again, you're at work and let's say you're in a position where you have to answer a lot of questions. And this goes for male and females. Mm -hmm. You're answering questions all the time. You're interacting with other people. You have to be professional. Mm -hmm. You can't just like let loose and like, you know, like go ham on them. You, so you're always on. Mm -hmm. So now you're at home, you're hoping to relax. If it's chaotic, it's hard to unwind because there's just a mm -hmm. lot of things going on. Mm -hmm. Okay, number six, some don'ts. Don't greet him with problems or complaints. Don't complain if he's late to dinner. Count this as a minor compared to what he might have gone through throughout the day. Mm. So again, we're not we're we're talking more of a traditional sense. Obviously, this this is really dated, but you need to be fair in a relationship to both be able to talk about, you know, problems or concerns or whatever they have. Do you feel that, because I know women, we love to talk, right? Mm. And, you know, if you've got problems or whatever, like, do you think that most men just kind of have to listen or is it a, a scenario where they have to like shut them off like they do their kids? I mean, like, <laughs> you know, like being fair to being able to, you know, converse about what's going on. But, you know, I've been in relationships too, where the guys like, maybe they complain every day. Mm. That is so hard to get past. And I know some women like that too. So it's like, how do you feel like, 
Is there some things maybe that you don't have to say everything that you're feeling? Mm. Maybe mm. just kind of keep some things internal if they're not a big deal. Yeah. Or have you been with a woman that just talks about her problems all the time and doesn't ask you about your day or what's going on with you? Yeah. So I'll say it one more time. <laughs> <laughs> the world does not care if a man is having a bad day. I'm sorry. They just do not care. When you highlight all the problems of the world, I think men's problems are down there with, I don't know, <laughs> like fossils mm. and things you don't think about, like uh, certain plants or oregano, whatever. Like it's so down at the bottom. Nobody cares if a, if a man's having a bad day. Do they care if a woman's having a bad day? We're supposed to, yes. Yes. So, okay. so, so, so what ends up happening is from a male perspective, right? So I'm talking about a decent guy. I'm not talking about the pieces of crap that mm. expect this and they're abusive and they're, you know, uh, misogynistic and all that, you know, all the bad stuff. I'm talking about a good guy mm -hmm. that's just trying to do the right thing, mm -hmm. right? Those guys have the same problems as the other guys. The difference is those other guys take it out in a violent way mm -hmm. or they're abusive or they take it out on their spouse in, in a wrong way. Mm -hmm. The nice guys don't. The problem is the nice guys get lumped in with the with the bad guys. So they look at them in the same lens. And they're saying, we don't care about your problems. It's like, he's a nice guy. So, yeah, you come home and you want to be courteous to your wife because you know that, that she's probably had a bad day. So you want to hear about it, too. Mm -hmm. But in this day and age, nothing that men do is right. <laughs> We're always wrong. We're always screwing things up. We never do enough. Um, we're constantly being critiqued on certain things. And again, this is not me complaining. I'm just giving. I think I hit a nerve is what it sounds like. <laughs> no, but it's, it's, and I, I don't mind because I'm the type of guy that this is nothing unique. Mm. It was the same thing with the men before the, the fathers that came before us. If you look at those guys, the same thing, we hold them to a higher standard. We hold them to our standards now. Like, you guys didn't do this. Mm -hmm. You guys didn't do that. You weren't involved. You didn't do this. Again, you, most people don't take them into consideration. Like, they had it hard too. Mm -hmm. But the reason why you don't take it into consideration is because they didn't complain about it. Mm -hmm. They had a drink or two, and that's how they dealt with stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you, you have a drink, and it's just like, leave dad alone. He wants that. And you don't want that, right? As a kid, you want to, you want to, you want to hang out with them and you do want to bond with them. And they probably did too. Mm -hmm. It's not until later on in life when things slow down that they're like, Hey, I want to bond. Cats in the cradle. Mm. I mean, that song will hit just about every guy and it'll hit them right in the heart every single time. I don't know a guy that would listen to Cats in the Cradle and not shed a tear either because their fathers were the same way or because they see the same pattern. Uh, repeating itself and you're, you do try to do it. But again, there is a, there's an expectation. And if you go around, there's probably not a lot of podcasts about, <laughs> about men's problems. It's not that it hits a nerve. It's just more of, there is a high expectation of the modern man. And I get it. Try to be traditional mm -hmm. and then you have to be modern because women still want, I'm assuming, I don't know. And maybe I'm wrong in this assessment because I've, I've dated girls, but I open doors for mm -hmm. women mm -hmm. whenever there are some women that don't particularly care for that. And if I could, if I could make a living and I can afford to have us both, you know, like uh, my wife, if she chose to mm -hmm. stay home, I would like to be able to afford to be able to do that. And if she wants to do that, great. But if she's like, hey, I want to have a career, totally understand that. Yeah, too. I mean, I can understand that from a guy's perspective because to have a stay-at-home wife... 
that's like a dream because it's like you come home. I mean, again, if you stay at home, your expectations are is that the house is like your job. You need to cook and clean, take care of the kids, blah, blah, blah. That's like perfect for a man because then he can just go to work and come home and be pampered like this article is basically saying. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Like that's an ideal thing. But I've had several guys that I've dated have said like, oh, well, like I want to make enough money where you don't have to work. And I'm like, that's cool, but I'm going to work. Mm. Like that's not going to happen. I'm not going to stay home. Absolutely. Um, Number seven, make him comfortable. Have him lean back in a comfortable chair or suggest that he lie down in the bedroom. Have a cool or warm drink ready for him. Arrange his pillows and offer to take off his shoes. Speak in a low, soft, soothing and pleasant voice. (laughs) Allow him to relax and unwind. Um. Yeah. So (laughs) I was just thinking about, you know, you have to be an ideal relationship in the sense of like those little things. So like, again, we're talking about modern day. So let's say that I have a hard day at work and I tell my husband, we're talking over the phone before I come home. I'm like, today has been terrible, blah, blah, blah. Every once in a while, if I came home to this scenario, or maybe they had like a bath running and be like, babe, I know you had a hard day. Like, It's not expected every day, but every once in a while, I think that both genders should kind of play into this kind of pampering. We all want that, whether it's guy or girl. So, but even, you know, if you're a stay at home mom or stay at home dad, that can also be really hectic because there's a lot of stuff to do. Mm -hmm. And especially if you have multiple children having to deal with them all day, to me, it sounds harder than going to like an office job, regardless of what you're doing. So... Um, have you ever been in a scenario where you've come home and maybe something really sweet like this has happened? How yeah. often do you feel like that's appropriate? Or is it just, you know, if you had a really bad day out of so the blue? I think this whole article, <laughs> <laughs> this whole article is touching on something way, way deeper than that. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is that mothers and fathers, you will train your children to be the way they are. Mm-hmm. So if a man expects, and you have to really think about that, he's expecting to come home to a hot cooked meal, to be pampered, to be taken care of, for somebody else to take care of their laundry, mm-hmm. take care of their food, take care of the dishes. Then that means in most cases that, let's say that boy, mm-hmm. their mom did all those things. Right. That's where the expectation lies. And right. the reason why I point that out is because My mother was not like that. She was a single mom, Mm -hmm. which means I was left to fend for myself. So either I learned how to cook Mm -hmm. or I would just be eating cereal for for breakfast. I don't see anything wrong with that. (laughs) There's nothing absolutely wrong with that. (laughs) That sounds like an amazing diet. (laughs) And I have done that. But but, but even in that scenario, it was hard because I would have liked my mother and I would have liked to have been pampered a little bit. I just didn't have that. Mm -hmm. So when I grew up, I had little to no expectation of any of that because I, growing up, I didn't have not a single solitary ounce of that because she was working. So like, no, she's not going to come home and make dinner. It's hard. If a single parent, it's difficult. So what ends up happening is you grow up. I never expected anything. So when I did receive that and my wife at the time did have those things ready for me, oh, I absolutely loved it because it was so unexpected. It was almost to the point where um, I didn't even know how to act. I was mm-hmm. so grateful because it's not something that I'm accustomed to. So right. if women, if you're saying that men uh, need to get away from this, 
then you're going to have to treat your son like that too. So you can't treat him like a little prince. You can't do that because guess right. what? He's going to grow up and he's going to expect that from whatever woman he is with. If you if you say that when your son comes home, you're like, hey, you need to go in there, do your chores, go to work, do this, that, and the other. Like, okay, they're going to expect that when they come home, guess what? They need to so pull their you, own weight. Right. Do you think that our parents are the last generation of that kind of thinking of the wife staying at home? I mean, even for my parents, I mean, they're still pretty, fairly young, you know, but do you think that we're going to be over the next couple of decades, we'll see all that diminish because now it's women are going to work? Or do you still think it's so embedded in our minds that we'll still have those gender roles, regardless if, if the woman goes to work, that she's still kind of responsible for the household in that no, sense? I think there's going to be a shift only because the children, you're not going to see it immediately, but I think the children will learn that both mm. parents have to work. Right. And both parents have to share in the responsibility if this thing is going to if it, if it's going to have any legs, because again, those they're, they're, again the the kids are going to look at dad. Mm -hmm. How does dad act? And I grew up in a generation that didn't have any fathers, mm -hmm. so that generation overcorrected. And what they said is, I'm going to stay at home. I'm going to be there for my kids, and I'm going to do that. And what they're finding is, it's not as easy. I'm not saying it's not worth it. It totally is. Mm -hmm. But what they're learning is, yeah, it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard, and you can almost see why some fathers would leave because it is super hard, which is why the modern man, I think, is much stronger because they're saying, you know what, we know it's hard, but we're still going to do it. Mm -hmm. And so there's going to be an expectation. So the kids growing up after then, again, however you, if you treat your kids like princes and prince, princes and princes, <laughs> hold on, what's the plural of a prince before I go any further here? <laughs> Is it princess? Princess. And then there's princess. Princess doesn't sound right, but I don't know for sure. <laughs> if, it's a, if there's more than one prince Why in would there room. be more than one prince in the room? <laughs> <laughs> because there's two princes. You can have two princes. Prince. There's going to be two prince in no, the room. No, because, okay, like the royal princess. family now, there's just two boys, right? Yeah, they're I forgot. prince. And then, so there's... There are, are they? Are, but there's multiple princesses in... Prince... <laughs> I don't know about okay, that. Okay, I don't know. We'll have to go Write back to that. Write us and let us know <laughs> what's the plural for but the prince. The point being is that if you treat them like royalty, they're going to expect to be treated right. like royalty. And if you treat them like what the real world is like, um, that whatever, however you treat your children, that's what they're going to expect when they get older. Mm -hmm. And that's. That's my two cents anyway. Gotcha. All right. Number eight is listen to him. You may have a lot of things to tell him, but the moment of his arrival is not the time. Let him talk first. <laughs> this one tickled Love my that. fancy a lot. I mean, this is so ridiculous, but my point was is that I feel like women... We're more vocal creatures. We like to talk about our feelings more. So I feel like this has probably changed the most out of all these points. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't really been in a relationship where the guy was talking about himself a lot. Usually mm -hmm. in a relationship, it's like they'll ask me how my day was first. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So do you think that back then where men, women were supposed to be, you know, quiet and blah, blah, that, that bullshit, um, <laughs> that, you know, now we're going away from that. Do you think we talk too much? Should we go back to that? Like, what's the typical guy feel about that kind of stuff? Uh, guys, again, they'd like listening to, but if we told you guys the truth, it would shock you. You would get upset if we told you the truth of how we feel. 
So on we, a day to day. Yeah. So we don't do it. What's it? What do you mean though? What's a typical day to day feeling? with something that you would want to say to your spouse? I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I am not going to fall into that. I'm going to set right you now. up. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Um, well, now I'm that, curious. No, there is a if, uh, and, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to go into it. I'm not going to go into it because I'm not going to go there. You'll never get another date I, again for yes, anyone who listens to this. Absolutely, because I will tell you that if women really, genuinely cared and asked a man how they feel about things or what's going on with them or how their day was or whatever's going through their thoughts, they would be shocked. They would have a hard time. Not only would they have a hard time, they would not like what they're hearing. Mm. So men have learned, do not say anything. (laughs) (laughs) Do not say a word. Put it back on her. Ask her how her day was. No, baby, let's talk about you. (laughs) Yes, exactly. It's like, oh, I'm all right. I was okay. It's not a problem. You hear that a lot. It was okay. Or, you know, like, yeah, it was just another, ugh, whatever. What about you? I've had the opposite effect. I feel like most guys that I'm with, they tell me all of their bad things that's happened to them and Mm -hmm. and all these feelings and stuff. It's rare in my experience to have a guy be like, oh, everything was fine. Like, they're holding it in or they don't want to say, you know, whatever. Maybe Um, that's the modern man perhaps. Well, but here's the thing. Even the modern man will not tell you everything. Mm-hmm. They're take, they're giving you a filtered version of that day. I, you know, I feel we do the same thing. Because there's may, things that so. I've wanted to say that I won't. <laughs> so, and I mean. Maybe so. Maybe so. Absolutely. But I can just tell you from a guy's perspective, uh, me growing up around old school men, mm-hmm. we just don't, we're not used to sharing our feelings. Mm-hmm. Mostly because, again, just, you know, mm-hmm. we just believe nobody really cares. So what's the point? It's I just, care. It, <laughs> I genuinely care about my spouse's day or if they something bad's happened. Like, you know, I've had instances where like maybe their day is really hard and they're like, I, I need to come see you. Like, I need to talk to you about mm. it. And, you know, they'll come over and we'll kind of talk through because um, I can be very practical. Right. So it's like. I'm not saying I'm not emotional, but like if there's someone else's problem, I can be very practical on my approach about it. And so like we'll kind of talk through those problems, you know. The reason I'm, so I'm laughing and the reason why I'm laughing is because I was married, right? And I know it's not that kind of show, but you come home and sometimes there is one thing that we need and it's not Man. talking. <laughs> I don't think there's a bullet point for that one, so that's a little too risque for this old 1950 absolutely, article. Absolutely, but I'm just saying, as a man, if you really want to know, sometimes we need one thing and one thing only, and it's not talking. I think we touched it's on that dinner. earlier, that beaver first. We touched on that. <laughs> because really, that's for us, that's one of the biggest stress relievers right there. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever happened during the day, that could all be, doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> take care of that. We got one more and then last there's a goal. So I'll read that at the end. But the last one is make the evening his never complain if he does not take you out to dinner or other places of entertainment. Instead, try to understand his world of strain and pressure. (laughs) He needs to come home and relax. Um, So and this is going to be kind of like a shift. But my my thoughts on this about like taking people out in regards to gender roles Mm -hmm. The woman typically, and I know this is still a thing, like typically women don't pay for dinner, right? Mm. So our 
pay for that, I guess, is, and I hate to say this, but it's the truth, is to look good mm-hmm. and be good company. Mm-hmm. Do you like it when a woman pays, I know you're old school, but like, and I'm sure guys appreciate it from time to time, but the majority, I think it makes guys feel good to pay, to kind of be that provider. Am I totally off the base? No, you're absolutely on point. Okay. At least certain men anyways. There's certain men that don't mind other women paying, which I don't understand, but good. Yeah. I wonder how they were raised, but I mean, like for me, like I don't mind, I'll pay from time to time just to kind of you know, do something nice or whatever. But Mm -hmm. yeah, it's like, I feel I'm a little old school. My role is to get dressed up and look pretty and be good company. And I expect the guy that I'm with to pay for dinner. Do you think that eventually we will kind of come away from that? Because I mean, before it was like, no question, women did not pay. Now, in today's time, you know, we're kind of seeing more and more of that. Do you think as time progresses that it'll be now that women are the majority of women are working, you know, sometimes we're making more money than the men, which wasn't a thing before, you know, now it right. is. Right. So do you think that the gender roles will be kind of blurred, I guess, in re- in regards to that? Eventually, I think it will. I think, you know, when it comes to pain, I've had, I've dated women that were insisted on paying for their own meal. They didn't insist on paying for Oh, they for wanted mine. to go Dutch? Yeah, they wanted to go Dutch. They insisted on, on going Dutch. And In a relationship or well, like on a first date? We were dating. It was probably the second or third date that we were in. But that set the tone for the rest of the But did you pay for the first two dinners and then the third one she was like, mm. you know what, I want to pay for my own? I can't remember exactly that when it like was. That feels like she was out at that point. You're yeah. like, you know what? I don't want to be with this guy and I feel bad. I'm just going to pay for my chicken fried steak. That no, way no, I don't want to. It was early on. And I remember we went and it wasn't even that. It wasn't even it was barely a restaurant. And um, and we went and I was going to pay for her meal. And she was like, no, I'm going to pay for my own. And I was like, oh, no, you know, I, I got you. And it turned into a thing. So people were looking at us like, come on, is somebody pay and hurry up and get that. <laughs> Because we're at a taco place. So it's just like, I'm trying to get my tacos. So hurry up and one of you pay for your damn tacos and get on with it because I'm hungry. But um, yeah, so it turned into a thing. And and at the end, I, I conceded and I was like, okay, fine. You can pay for your own tacos. But yeah, yeah I, I don't understand what that's about. I can understand psychologically for a guy that you would feel like, hey, you're providing, you're, you're, mm-hmm. you're being whatever. But but if I could go back a little bit to that to that one that you just said, right, where mm-hmm. it says don't complain. Mm. Okay. So what, what that translates to a guy, it's not that we're not interested in your problems or we're not interested in any problems or things that have gone on throughout the day or whatever. What that translates to a guy is when we hear a woman complain about anything, whether it's the way we're dressed, the way the household is, the washer isn't working properly. What we hear as guys is you are not good enough. Mm. Despite all your effort, despite whatever it is that you think you're doing, you ain't it. That's what we hear. Mm-hmm. So it's not that we don't want to hear your problems. We just, when we hear it, what that translates to is you are not good enough. What's the right approach then for women to, let's say that you do something that really is <laughs> annoying or terrible or whatever it is. You if like you, to wear Hawaiian shirts? <laughs> yes. Jose is wearing a Hawaiian shirt today. Um, and you hate Hawaiian shirts? 
I'll allow it because your birthday just passed. <laughs> and uh, don't forget, I'm wearing boots. Too. Oh yes, and he has cowboy boots on. I don't really understand his outfit and where he's going with it. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Um, but I didn't say anything about it. In all fairness, I said nothing. I'm gonna let you do you, like this article but says. But I know, I know that it's bothered you that you're seeing this. <laughs> Why you gotta put it on the table, bro? <laughs> You greeted me boot first. That's right. <laughs> With this loud red Hawaiian shirt. Absolutely. Uh, I don't mind it because you're in your home and, you know, but, you know, you go on a date with a woman, you don't be wearing that. Okay. Um, but yeah, how does a woman, how, how would a guy prefer if you're doing something that's bothering us and we have to say it, how do we say it in a way where it doesn't come off as feels like we're saying you're not good enough? What's the right approach? I can only answer that with another question, unfortunately. How would a woman like to be told about any of her imperfections? And whatever your approach you would be. You don't tell a woman. <laughs> <laughs> you say nothing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is why I don't greet him with complaints. <laughs> The rule applies both ways. Well, I took this this article as the complaint part is like, you know, the watch is broken or your kids are acting really bad or whatever. I didn't I didn't read that it's as still, like you open the door and like, babe, I hate the way you sleep. It really bothers me. No, but that's what we hear. When we hear the washer isn't working right, what we hear is you don't make enough money. How are we to supposed buy- to tell you that the washer doesn't work? I, be un- like, I understand. Babe, you're wearing dirty clothes. They're like, oh, well, um, why don't you go in there and look at it? Okay. So, again, I, I, if a woman comes out and she's wearing a dress that's maybe not as flattering as you might like, and she asks, what does this look like? <laughs> but that's like a personal attack. Let's. I'm trying to think of like a scenario. But that's, but that's what I'm trying to get across to you. When we hear a complaint, we take it, we internalize it, and we take it personal. So how do we go about that? You do what you do now. You just say it. <laughs> so you have no advice for the women who are listening on like how I, to. Like I said, if, if you could tell me a way that we could tell you certain things, like let's say your cooking is, isn't as great as you might think it is. If you can tell me like, a way babe, to do I that in a gentle this, way. I uh, gift certificate to this cooking class. This might be fun. You know, it's kind of like, let's say that your spouse. Women are way smarter than that. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and they would catch that in a heartbeat. But I was just like, nope. I know, but I was uh, just thinking like, you know, one of the main things in a, not a main thing, but a big thing in a relationship is, you know, once you get married, if you kind of let yourself go, right? So like weight's a big thing. So like, and we all know what you're trying to say, but I feel like in that scenario, the same thing with the cooking, if you could come to them and be like, babe, like I want us to get healthy together. How about we work out together? Right. You don't say, babe, you need to work out. You say, let's do this thing together. It's still a hard topic. It's really hard to convey that without being whatever. But I'm just saying, like, when we try to complain about things, it's it's not the majority of the time we're not saying you're not good enough. It's just we have to get this point across. You know, and I get, no, I, get I get it from a guy's perspective. Like, <laughs> I get it. I've been told that before. It's like you complain it. all the time. I feel not good enough, but it's like that's not what we're saying. So, and that's and that's and that's the. Um, so again, I'm I'm really coming at this from a guy's perspective. Mm. That's the double standard, right? And it always will be the double standard. Is that I can tell you that the most trivial of complaints that has nothing really to do with me. I will internalize that. If the washing machine is not working properly, what I hear is, 
either A, you're not good enough to fix it, or B, you don't make enough money to buy me a proper washing machine. That's what I'm hearing, well, right? It has nothing to do with me, but that's mm -hmm. what I'm saying. That's what we're hearing. And when you hear that, what happens in this day and age is you will tell us that. And then it's up to us. You've made that problem our problem. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, okay, I need to fix that problem. But if something is bothering us about you, mm -hmm. as men, we know better to even think about attempting to. So what we will do in that situation, what I did is I just eat the food and say, mmm, it's so good. <laughs> well, I guess it depends on what it is, it is, you know, is. because I've had guys in relationship that have given me feedback about not cooking, but like things that they, that I do that they don't like or that they want me to try to work on. And are you still with these men? <laughs> But it wasn't because of that. I'm just saying that <laughs> I, know, I can I'm take kidding. the criticism. I can't speak for everyone, every woman, but um, as long as you're not talking about our weight or something <laughs> like that, like I can take and be like, okay, because I'm self-aware enough to know, you know, like one of the things I get is, you know, I can be very stubborn, but I already know that about myself. So it doesn't hurt me or doesn't make me feel like I'm not good enough when a guy comes to me and says that like, babe, you're so stubborn. Can you please work on this? Blah, blah, blah. What so I, I think it say, depends on what it is. What I will say is I would, the best advice that I can give mm -hmm. and on this topic and, and everything that we talked about mm -hmm. is that you, A, if you really genuinely want to have mm -hmm. an honest conversation mm -hmm. with your partner, mm -hmm. you A, have to prepare yourself and be in a space where you can receive feedback mm -hmm. because every now and again, if somebody is not in a space where they're able to receive feedback, mm -hmm. it's not the time. So maybe it might be a situation, and I like the article the way or the the bullet point because it said, don't greet him with like don't start out with complaints. Right. So maybe it's a situation, and even with the even with the dinner thing, like again, I ate food and it just did not taste very good. Mm -hmm. But I understood that she you know took the time to do it. I might not do it right after dinner. Right. It might be like let some time pass. Right. And put her in a space where or and and same for him. Put him in a space where like, hey, you know, are are you, you know, can you hear what I'm about to tell you? Right. And are you in it, a place to receive yes, that? Yes. Yeah. It and is vice a, versa. Yeah. It is yeah. definitely about timing. I was just gonna say that I've come across that in my experience of like you gotta find the right timing. Yeah, when as soon as you come home, you don't answer the door like that. So I will agree with you on that. There is a time and place and maybe, yeah. you know, when you're eating the dinner isn't the best time. But just to kind of wrap it up, the the goal, this is what it says the goal is, is try to make your home a place of peace and order where your husband can renew himself in body and spirit. <laughs> And um, I just want to say, I think that we should all work really hard as a team to try to make our home a good place for both men and women. And yeah. there are definitely some gender roles that still exist today and probably will for forever. I mean, who knows? Um, but some of the stuff I agree with, some of it I don't. But I think that, you know, the takeaway from this is we should all be fair. And, you know, if, if you're working from home, yeah, it's implied that you're supposed to take care of the house. But in the situation of modern times where typically both of the people go to an actual job, let's be fair. I mean, let's, you know, it's just hard because, again, like I said before, it's like a woman's job is to be pretty and things like that. I don't think that will ever change because men are physical creatures and it's been like that since probably the beginning of time. I can't imagine that changing. Always. Always. The yeah. criteria, I think the criteria for men versus the criteria, the, the criteria for men to choose a woman or a partner, mm -hmm. 
um, in general, regardless of, of, of your sexual orientation, is always going to be different than the criteria for a woman to choose a partner. Mm-hmm. It always, it's always going to be like that. Always. And it'll never, it'll ever, ever change. But I've been on both sides of that. So I've, I've, I've been a single dad. I've been married. And even then when I was married, I was doing most of the, uh, there was times when I was working two or three jobs and she'd stay home with the kids. There wasn't a lot of interaction. So I've been on all of those <laughs> sides mm-hmm. of the spectrum. Yeah. Fairness is a thing. And w- more than anything, I think in, in any relationship, if it is a truly 50, 50 relationship, you will feel it and it'll make you want to do better. And it'll, but whenever it feels lopsided and it will from time to time, where like you feel like you're doing more than mm-hmm. the other person, that's when problems come up. Yeah. I mean, in any relationship. Right. I'd say the majority is. of relationships are not 50-50. I don't know anyone <laughs> that has a 50-50 relationship, but... And it depends on the 50-50, right? It depends on the 50-50. It really depends. Is it but... like a weighted scale of like one thing weighs more than the other? Is that... No, I think it's more of you take everything that goes into a relationship, mm-hmm. right? Financial aspect, the emotional aspect, the logistics, let's say, of household and whatnot. And then, you know, you go on and on and you put this list and somewhere along the line you have to divide, right? Mm -hmm. So let's just say for the sake of argument, I'm with my wife and we're in that situation. We both work. It's the weekend. We have to clean the house. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we're not going to say I'm going to clean one side of the toilet. You clean the other side. It's like, no. I love Lucy. You stay on your side. (laughs) Exactly. It's like, okay. So you iron it out. You sit there and you have that conversation and you say, okay, I'll take care of the bathrooms if Mm -hmm. you take care of the kitchen. I'll take care of the floors if you take care of the dusting. Right. You know what I mean? So neither neither of them have more weight than the other. None of those. It's just you're dividing it and you're you're coming to an agreement. This is the game plan. And Mm -hmm. if you do your part, I will do my part. And now later on, if you need to, you know, get together and recalibrate and be like, okay, maybe we need to switch it up because I'm not liking the way this is coming. Fine. Mm-hmm. You, know, we, you can have that conversation. But again, once you come to that agreement, mm-hmm. again, you know, it's like, okay, there you go. Yeah. So, well, hopefully at some point we'll be able to circle back around and tell people how to deal with um, telling them how you feel because you don't have an answer for that right now. <laughs> how do you say it in a way where it's not going to feel like they're not good enough, but... Um, this was a fun topic and maybe at some point we can explore more and you know some of this stuff is always evolving but i think the takeaway for people is just be kind and and try to be each other's equal yeah. is probably the best advice i, I think say. if you're attentive to your partner for sure and if, if you reciprocate that it'll it'll work itself out for sure for sure for sure great conversation <laughs> loved it <laughs> all right until next time bye guys all right bye